Welcome, everyone, to episode two of the Force of Nature podcast. I am your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I am here with my co-host, David Botcher. Now, Dave, are you ready for some more wild, crazy stories of famous people murdered by animals? I'm ready. <laughs> I love hearing those. Terrific. Better than bedtime stories. <laughs> this is Famous People Killed by Animals Part 2. Now, Dave, I hope you enjoyed Part 1. Do you remember it? Yeah. All right, so last week we talked about the grizzly man. Uh-huh. Remember him? Yeah. And being eaten alive by yeah. the bear. It was recorded. Yes, it mm. was. And then we talked about a Duke of Ireland with a very homoerotic relationship with the King of England. Do you remember him? He mm-hmm. was killed, gored by the boar. Yeah. And we also talked about a famous matador who was also gored, but this time by a bull. And our fourth story last week was about an Indian politician pushed over by pushed over alleged by monkeys. Now, this week, Dave, I've got four just as entertaining, crazy stories as last week. So what do you say we get started, man? Let's do it. All right. And I just want to remind everybody, just like last week, well, Dave knows the topic of what we're going to be topic, top, talking about this week, but he does not know the stories at all, do you, Dave? No. All right. So one thing I forgot to do last week, kind of, uh, I think I said it a couple times, but I'm going to give a name to each of these stories, okay? Okay. First one, and some of them are good, some of them are not. I'm going to say this one's not that good, but it's uh, what I came up with. So this one is going to be called Not a Country Song You Want to Sing. <laughs> oh, Okay, so that okay. doesn't really... Does that give you a hint to anything? Not really. Oh, it's just that it's not a country song. Yes, <laughs> it is not a country song. But it is about a country singer. So, uh, our first story starts with a Taylor Mitchell. So, Taylor was a... Was, not, not is, was a Canadian country folk singer and songwriter. She's from Toronto, Canada. And she was born August 27th. 1990, so that makes her just a year younger than me, basically. Wow. Uh, her, bur- her birth name was Taylor Josephine Stephanie Lukiao. And wow. she used That's... Taylor, yeah, she used Taylor Mitchell as her stage name. That's pretty common. I can see why. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a long name. Uh, that's what was really common for entertainers. Uh, you, you don't need yeah. a stage name, Dave, because you've your name is pretty original. I don't know. No one can, hear, no one can pronounce it, though. That's just Botcher. That's something you want on a bill. Unless they go, <laughs> do they go Bodger? Yeah, they try. How do you pronounce that? Is it Bodger? <laughs> I, I I put my stage. Just in say it. it some way cool. That's all I care about. Say it cool. I put chair. Yeah, sure, I'll take it. Bodger. <laughs> I like, like Bodger. That's pretty good. Or is there like a Jewish version? Since you got some Jewish, I don't in you? think so. No, that's a Danish name. Oh, all right. So it'd be like I think it's I think it's pronounced Budka. <laughs> All right, well, back here. So, back to Taylor. She became interested in performing in her mid teens, and after graduating from. Okay, now this is the part I hate about doing this research. I can't pronounce names or shit. And this name. <laughs> it's just the name of a school, and I. Etibekok? Etibekok. Etibekok. Dude, I got no idea. No, it's just Toronto area. Okay. I think. It's close. All right, so. Etobicoke School of the Arts, and she graduated with a musical theater degree, and then she decided on a singing career, and she actually did release an album in early 2009. The album is called For Your Consideration. It's a 10-track album, which is honestly quite good. I, I went on YouTube, and I listened to a few I, few tracks. It's not really my type of music, but all she had a lovely voice, and 
and I, I actually enjoyed her music. It was oh. pretty good. She was very talented, and she's she's a very pretty girl too. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a picture of her. I'm showing Dave a picture on the computer right now, just to let everybody know. So this is her. Oh, okay. Yeah, she she, she looks like uh, um, the girl from Parks and Rec. Uh, oh, April Ludwig. Yes. She, yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm going for. Yeah, that makes total sense now. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, what, what's it? Aubrey Plaza is the actress's name. Okay. Aubrey Plaza. She looks like... Aub- she looks... What was it? Like April Ludwig from Parks and Rec. Uh, yeah, that makes... That's exactly right, actually. So, she's very pretty. Long, dark hair. Petite and pale. Which you'd expect from a Canadian country singer, honestly. <laughs> it's they like an like, Alanis Morissette, you know. Yeah, they get like six. They get like six sunny days a, a year there. Uh, she reminds me of like the girl you bring home to meet your parents. Well, that doesn't really remind you of April Ludwig, but <laughs> this is what she reminds me of. She's like the sweet, innocent girl, country-looking girl who you'd bring home to mom. That's what I think of when I see her. And then you'd sing about it because it's country. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> So her album was well-received and had positive reviews. She was invited to perform in the Winnipeg Folk Festival, and she even received a nomination for a Canadian Folk Music Award for Young Performer of the Year. So does she do folk music or country? Folk country. Ooh, I like folk music. Yeah, uh, after after we record, we might have to turn it on for you. And uh, people who know her say that she was a brilliant and beautiful light that people were naturally drawn to. And she was young and talented. Her big dreams were a perfect match with her big, kind heart. So you know what? She sounds like a genuinely awesome, sweet country girl, doesn't she? Yeah. All right. So uh, one thing about this story is that it's very well documented, like... This this only happened a few years ago, so it's pretty well documented, like, by the hour, pretty much. Huh. All right, so the date of her death, because she does die, unfortunately, is October 28th, okay? 2009. Mm. So just a few months after she released her album, and then she was on tour. She was actually on tour during her death, okay? All right, so what happened to Taylor is she was in somewhere in east let's see, let's see if she was in eastern canada on the skyline trail okay it's in into cape brenton highlands national park all oh, right so yeah it's it's in the east uh, the so having some i'm honestly not 100% certain that's that's probably the one thing i forgot to look up here but it's it's <laughs> in the east i want to say like nova scotia oh okay, okay uh, and like Prince Edward so Island, nice. not, not on the island, but yeah, it's definitely on the Pacific. Uh, in the you mean Pac- Atlantic? I mean Atlantic, yes. I mean the Atlantic. She's on the Atlantic part of Canada. Okay. So she had some free time, and then she went to the Cape Brenton Highlands National Park on the sunny afternoon of October 27th. And at 2.45 p.m., a middle-aged American couple going in the opposite direction passed her near the beginning of the Skyline Trail. For an unknown reason, she doubled back after going a short distance along the trail and came back down the access the access road, intending to return to her car. I haven't told you what what happens or what animal this is. Because no. this is an animal story. Remember this, okay? Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, you're you. setting it up like a horror picture right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not going to oh, tell you. Something. Let I'm me not going to tell you. Myself. I'm not going to tell you what I'm getting it is, in my yeah. car. I'm I'm young and I'm a girl and I'm. <laughs> She's not quite. She actually she never made it to her car. Let's put it that oh. way. So at 3:02, like I said, well documented. This is by the minute. The American couple, whose names are Mike and Gail, hiked on the access road heading to the car park. They moved out of the way when two. Take a guess, take a guess, take a guess. Uh, bears? Nope. Moose? Nope. Moose? What is that's not plural. What's the plural for moose? Moosen. Moosen? I have no idea. It's just moosen! Do moosen! No idea of the plural. I think it's just moose all around. Um God, what the heck else? What else is up there? Okay. Uh, you, okay, just you have to tell me. Okay, all right. So, Mike and Gail moved out of the way when two coyotes were walking toward them along the road, but going in the opposite direction. One of the hikers uh, photographed the coyotes with his camera before heading directly to the park. Okay, and... Uh, there's this okay. This, for in the article I'm reading, this guy who comes up next, he has literally two lines of his job title. Okay, I'm gonna read it uh-huh. to you. It's it's so stupid. So okay, Trent University's environmental and life sciences graduate program professor and Ontario Ministry of Natural Resources research scientist Brent Patterson. That's a long. That title. was his job title. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine like meeting this guy at a bar? Hey, hey, man. So, uh, what do you do? And every time, and every time, Brent's like, "God damn it!" <laughs> yeah. Trent University's environmental life science graduate program professor in Ontario Ministry of Natural Resources Research Scientist, Brent Madison. Yeah. He's, he's just a glorified groundskeeper. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, out of all that, I have no idea what his actual profession is. Anyway, he doesn't even matter. I just thought I just thought that was funny. But Mr. Brent Patterson later commented, well, he was an expert of some animals, basically. So Brent Patterson commented that the two coyotes in the male hiker's photo exhibited an extraordinary lack of fear, with one displaying what verged on a dominant attitude towards humans. So these coyotes are a little abnormal. Normally coyotes, they scare off pretty easy, but uh, something's with these ones, and they were not scared of all right, now, it is believed these coyotes walked into Taylor on the access road six minutes later when Mike and Gail heard what they thought could be either animals howling or a young woman screaming in the distance. Ooh. Well, it was actually both. Wow. So, uh, Taylor's predatory animal suspect was, uh, at first it was a black bear, naturally. That's what you would think, right? Yeah. yeah that's, probably, that's what the people thought. But soon they found out it was a pack of coyotes... Uh, that's what the Mike and Gail and there was other hikers there that uh, heard the screams as well. And a group of four other hikers arrived in the car park where they heard the screams in the distance. After several minutes walk along the access road, they began to find personal items of Taylor. Well, they found keys and a small knife along the trail. And as the hikers turned into the clearing at the head of the trail, they saw torn pieces of bloodied clothing and a large amount of blood along the ground. Oh my that goodness. sounds no, that sounds terrible. A washroom in the clearing. A washroom, of course, it's Canadian. It's a bathroom, but they call it a washroom. A washroom in the clearing had blood on the door, and at 3:25, they found Taylor lying nearby among trees, with that coyote standing over her. 
It was only after repeated charges by three men that the coyote could be made to move away from her. She was, she, but however, she was conscious and able to speak with the rescuers. And even while the people were around uh, talking to Taylor, the coyote remained close by, growling and unafraid until finally a Royal Canadian Mounted Police officer showed up and shot it with a shotgun. Goodness. Now, what happened to Taylor? Are we talking about uh, the animal coyotes or coyotes yeah, that were hustling into the United States? <laughs> this is no. this is weird. Did this is it. This is a crazy story. Like I said, I've, this is the very first story I've ever heard of coyotes killing a person. That is weird. Yeah. But you know what? Coyotes are not to be screwed with. They're they're, well, they're what they are. They're big. They're around forty pounds. Yeah, that's give not or take. Big. They can get a bit, little bit bigger, but. Uh, no, dude, these they're little wolves. They coyotes are little wolves. Yeah, like skinny, scrawny things. Well, but there's That's if there's crazy. more than one of them, a pack of them though. Jeez. And you got the alpha male acting up and or acting crazy and wants to attack something. They're gonna do what the alpha male tells them to. Gee, that is crazy. Yeah, that's, like I said, the first story I've ever heard of. I mean, there's a lot of coyotes like they'll go and bite some. They'll bite people, you know, if they're especially if they're rabies or anything, or they they'll even attack like children. But this is a grown grown ass woman. She's 19 years. She she's 19. She dies at 19. But yeah, this is a grown ass woman that they attack. Gee. And I'll, I'll get into some specul. Oh, well, let's see. Yeah, we're gonna get into some speculation on how or why this happened. Okay. Oh, okay. But Taylor was bitten. Over most of her body, most of her body with uh, serious wounds to her leg and head. Uh, paramedics uh, airlifted her, and she was in critical condi- condition from the extreme blood loss. Um, and so they airlifted her to the hospital. However, she did not recover from the attack and died the next morning. Oh man! So death via coyotes. That does not sound good. This is a sad story. I mean, it's not, it's not even like she's they're provoking or like, oh, I'm just going to go crazy in there. Yeah, I mean, there's we're, just so a we're gonna docile get in, animal. It just goes docile. Nuts. I don't know if I'm gonna, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna say call a coyote docile. Ooh, they're just humans. They're, they don't mess with humans. Yeah, they're they're normally scared away really easy, and the only sure. time they'll they have interact with the human is that the human's giving them food. They're they're not known to attack. That's totally true. Yeah, you hardly ever even see them just because they don't want to yeah, be around you. That's exactly right. You can actually hunt them and you'll get paid to kill them. Yeah, they used to do that out in, I think it was Tooele. Yeah, they they, it's like they 20 do 20 bucks a, an ear or something like that. I think it was a little bring bit more. In I think right or left last time I looked I it was remember. $50. An oh, ear. was it really? But you had to like, you had to bring in like an ear and a jaw. Oh, so okay. like I don't even want to cut up an animal, a, a dog. I don't want to yeah, cut their jaw out. Just get well, if it was an ear, that's fine. But I'm not cutting up a jaw. You know, they yeah. are varmint, but they definitely are varmint animals. But I mean, they're everywhere too. So it's not like they're endangered or anything. They're everywhere. Yeah. But they are. They're little wolves, man. They can. They can, with a pack of them, especially. They can do some damage. Hmm. All right. So there was speculation by uh, experts that Taylor might have initiated contact by trying to either feed the coyotes or by disturbing a den with young. It's unknown. Various other proposed explanations were that the coyotes might have been, so I don't know if you've heard of these, but they might have been wolf uh, coyote crossbreed. Oh. Have you ever heard of those? No. They're called a koi wolf. Interesting. 
They they do exist, and well, they... you think the environmental specialist would know? <laughs> well, well the, 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 I know they the had the car name, whatever. It didn't <laughs> say in the article. There, in any of the twenty articles I read about this, they didn't say that it was a koi wolf. This was just speculation. So, but in the east, especially, um, there is a lot of mixed DNA between koi or coyotes and wolves. Huh. So they do get these uh, crossbreeds called koi wolves, huh. and so that was. That was a proposed explanation, or that the wolves were rabid, immature, starving, or they were protecting uh, carcass. But none of these suggestions were uh, never asserted them. They don't think that that was any of the reasons. The only other uh, reason that was presented was that Taylor might have inadvertently provoked a predatory uh, response if she ran away, like running Mm. away. Like you, You don't want to run away from animals, ever. So was she at her car when it happened or no? No, no, she was on the trail on the way to the car. Oh. And it, like I said, uh, there was a few minutes that the hikers that were already at the cars, they had to hike up to go find her, oh. to well, go find her body. Tra- if she's on the trail, I don't think she disturbed anything. Yeah, know? I mean, that's all up for speculation. Um, so it's a, that's a sad story. We started off with a sad story, I know. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, bring us but, down. I, uh, yeah, Just Taylor... like a country song. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Country songs are either... A, they're either sad and like depressing, or they're fun and about beer. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm not a big country fan. I'll listen to it when I'm doing like country things, oh. like riding in the country or like driving in the country. Yeah, I'm like oh, all right, fishing in a lake, fishing in a lake, doing yeah, camping going or something, your, going to take your girlfriend to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything like that. That's when. That's when I'll listen to country. All right, all right. So we are done with Taylor. Unfortunate. Unfortunately, she is dead. So we're going to move on, Dave. All right. So do you know what we're going to do? Another story? We did it a couple times last week, yep. Uh, Move across the globe? That's right. In our time machine. Oh, yeah, time machine. We're hopping in the time machine, and man, we are going so far back in time. Whoa. We are going back to 525 BC. Whoa. I know that is I, BC means before Christ, right? Yeah. Because I, I I heard that they like switched it and it was supposed to be BCE, like before Common Era. Hmm. I, I but I, I was learned. Oh, I, I learned that it was before any, Christ. I don't think anything before the medieval times would be Common Era. No. So we're we're uh, before Christ era. We are in ancient Greece, as a matter of fact. Ooh. All right. So it's warm. It is warm. Greece is lovely. It's like it's basically like Southern California. All right, so we're in Greece. Get hopping out of the time machine. We're going to meet a man named... Oh, hell. There's another thing with the names. <laughs> What's the matter? Can't pronounce Greek? <coughs> no, not really. It's Eskilios. Uh, That's what I'm giving you. It's Eskilios. Eskilos. You want to see how it's spelled? Sure. Oh, my goodness, with an A? Yeah. Eskilios. That's what it is. That's what we're saying. It. I don't care. All right, I'm going to try not to mention his name, but I'm just going to call him He. All right, so He is the father of tragedy, okay? He, okay. He was an ancient Greek playwright. And he, yeah, he's the father of tragedy. Academics knowledge, uh, I'll acknowledge him as the beginning of the genre, okay? So he's basically one of the first theater nerds. Okay. He's one of the first theater nerds that come out of Greece. 
Just like YouTubers today, huh? He's the first. He was one. He was a founding <laughs> member. <coughs> and he also birthed two sons, and they also became poets and playwrights. And he also had a nephew that did it. Okay, so with this guy, his Wikipedia and articles about him are about two miles long. Oh, yeah. And I honestly don't give a shit about him enough to look up. I mean, I want to look up his his animal story. This is an animal story podcast. It is not an ancient Greek theater podcast. So, you know what? I'm not going to go delve deep into his beginnings or anything like that. Okay. Okay. Fair enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, he he was... We're just going to hop right into his death time. Okay. He was visiting the city of Gila, I think that's right, in Sicily, where he was outside sitting down working on another play. But this would this play would never finish because while sitting down, he was struck by an object on the top of the head. And I I, I did it again. I forgot to give the title of the story. So I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna do it now. Alright, what's the title? Death from above. Nice. Sounds like a Bond. That's a Bond title right there. I like it. All right. So struck on the top of the head. Now, this object is a living creature. I could give you about 100 guesses and you probably wouldn't get it. A crow? Nope. Uh. There is a bird involved. Hmm. All right. You want me to set the picture for you? Yeah. Okay. Sitting down, chilling, writing a play, <laughs> and he is struck on the top of the head by a tortoise. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is probably the silliest story I've got going. He was struck in the head by a tortoise, okay? Wow. And now, what supposedly happened was that an eagle dropped the tortoise to break the shell so it could eat. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And unfortunately for our guy... He was bald and had a shiny head that looked like a rock. Oh. Eagle drops it on his head. I don't know if the turtle shell broke or not, but it broke his <laughs> it broke his skull. Oh my goodness. This just sounds like a Greek tragedy. The father of Greek tragedy, right there. Best, he wanted it this way. He probably did. <laughs> so, that's so that's so weird, but then you think the eagle must have is a dead shot. Yeah, it was he because bomber, right? I mean he's like was he trying to kill him? But that had to, if the turtle kills him, it's got to be. I mean, a head up. isn't a big, a you know, big size turtle. Rock, terminal so. velocity or something, you know. I agree like, with okay, you. Okay, I see so, it. All right, I release. <laughs> it's like, man, who needs a target yep. computer? So uh, we go Just from get an eagle. We go from a sad coyote death to death from above via falling tortoise with an assist from the eagle. That is crazy. Yep. That is oh, the story. So, right and there. since all of his uh, kids and family relatives were all actors, I'm sure they that was the next play they did. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> the tragedy. <coughs> what was me, a turtle? Oh, Dave man. having a coffin attack here. Yeah. All right, Dave. So we're done with that one. Are you ready for our next one? Yeah. All right, and I'm going to remember to give the name. Uh, I just gave a simple name. We're going to call this Church of Venom. Church of Venom. Ooh. Yeah, intriguing, right? Yes. So we're we're hopping back in the time machine. Okay. And we are going to go to... We're going to the Appalachians. Okay. And we are 
going to go there in 1955. 1955. Okay, not too long. Well, actually, we're gonna we're gonna go a little sooner when this uh, when our guy here is born. It's 1880. 1880. Okay. And here we are going to meet George Went Hensley. Hmm. And uh, hence. George Went Hensley, he's an interesting guy, and I wanted to go into a little more detail about him than I did with... I can't can't remember. I can't say his name. He. He. (laughs) Excuse me. Dave's having a cocktail again. All right, but now, um, George Went Hensley, I don't like him very much. I think he's a douchebag, and I really don't like this guy. What's this guy do? He's one of those... uh, He'd take money from kids? He would. He'd take money from his own kids if he... If he didn't put him in an orphanage, he's one of those nutty Gee. Bible thumpers. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. Now, he is famous, though. He's a, I'm going to get to that. So, uh, our boy Georgie, he was born in 1880 to a very religious family somewhere in Tennessee. And at some point during his early adulthood, became fixated on a passage in the Gospel of Mark. I am not familiar with the Gospel of Mark. But if you are, this is from chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. And where it says, and these, should I, let me see. I can't think of a good accent to do from that. I'm just going to say. Is he Southern? It's Tennessee. So I'll go Tennessee, to, he Tennessee. might have a little time. And his signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Whoa. I felt like Henley was right here. Well, that's probably what he sounds like. So basically <laughs> basically, what that, what that passage means is that he thinks that a true believer who was free from sin would be able to handle venomous snakes without being bitten. Oh, so you've man. probably seen before that uh, those church, the yeah. Protestant church people who have snakes and they go around doing sermons, doing just being crazy. Yeah. All right. So he started these snake handling services around 1908-ish after he became a licensed minister. However, he needed his wife's help with the paperwork because he was illiterate and could not read. Whoa. That sounds about How right. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the time, Tennessee. What do you expect, right? So someone must have told him that scripture and he believed it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. He stated that while he spoke, well, I, or did this happen? He stated that while he spoke, <laughs> he received divine revelation from God. Interesting. Yeah, he's he's one of those like Bible thumping whack jugs, hellfire and brimstone. That's, that's I've never heard of an illiterate preacher. That, well, here's your first. After a few years, he becomes quite popular for his passionate preachings and, of course, snake handling. He forsook alcohol, tobacco, lipstick, and even baseball as he considered them... Baseball? He considered them evil. Well, he had like, Okay, alcohol, tobacco, okay, okay. Baseball? Baseball. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this this is the kind of guy we're dealing with, and I'm going to get into more douchebaggeriness. That's like saying I'm going to get rid of all evil and good. What's the what's the deal? Yeah, I have no idea. Cuz you don't know, but Matt's wearing a baseball shirt right now. I am. I like baseball. No wonder you think he's a douchebag. <laughs> well, he's a douchebag. Well, I'm going to hold on. So, in 1922, he resigned as a minister for personal reasons. Uh he was getting a divorce 
because he was also a drunk with anger problems. I thought he gave up the alcohol. No, he never gave up. He just thinks it's a sin to drink it for other oh. people. He's one of those guys who doesn't practice what they preach. Pretty oh, much. okay. All right. So he's a douchebag. Have we clarified that, yeah. right? Okay. Sometime during the 20s, he gets arrested for moonshine. <laughs> Naturally, for this guy. Remember, this is during Prohibition, too. <coughs> and he had the option of going to jail or joining a workhouse. He chose the workhouse. So, like a chain gang, like where prisoners were uh, tied to get, you know, chain gang where they work on construction sites or railroads. See, this and guy's they... not smart either. Well, I don't, or is he? He might be a little smarter than we think. Sounds because like he would have been safer in the jail then. Well, actually, he might be smarter than we think because one day he went to go collect water from a well and he runs. Yeah. And he escapes. He goes to Ohio to live with his sister and they never find him or care about him ever again. So he escapes. He was never recaptured. And then following some time, he later went back to preaching and would remarry and there was one time and this is a so that happened in 1920s 30s so now we're now we're gonna skip forward and go to 1945 in this in the in-between time he was just just preaching along all over the Appalachian area just kind of doing his thing nothing of no so he's like 65 years old now huh? uh yeah yeah about that so one time in 1945 he was in florida where a 27-year-old strawberry picker held a snake and was bit. All right? Mm. And Hensley stated that only reason he got bit is because he lacked faith. But don't worry. God has shown me that he will recover. But he didn't. He died. <sighs> strawberry picker died. And this pissed off everybody in the town, right? And it was... Uh, However, it was considered uh, in court, he was lucky because the death was considered the young man's fault because he was the one stupid enough to handle the snake. Mm. So they they don't even charge him for anything. I I guess he is stupid, but... (coughs) All right, so after this death, people weren't very happy with him. And uh, after this, a bunch of states started to make it illegal to handle snakes in this manner. However, uh, Hensley... He wanted to continue touring around this time, but his wife, his second wife, wanted to stay put and for him to get a stable job to provide for their children. His response to this was, we should put those kids in an orphanage. (laughs) Her response, we should get a divorce. (laughs) Fair enough. He got married two more times, that's a total of four times, and had a total of children. Oh, wow. That doesn't really surprise me. Forgiven the time period and where he's at, doesn't really surprise me. All right. So during the late 40s, early 50s, his sermons were losing some popularity, but he did one on in 1955, where several dozen people gathered for a Sunday service in Alpha, Florida. No Mm. idea. I don't know where that is in Florida, but Mm. Alpha, Florida, and Hensley loudly delivered a sermon. He removed a five-foot snake. And now it doesn't say what kind of snake this is, but it's likely either a rattlesnake or a viper of some kind. He removed the snake from the can, wrapped it around his neck, and rubbed it around his face. 
as he walked around the audience. And as he went to return the snake to the can, it bit him on the wrist. Mm. After only a few minutes, Hensley became visibly ill, having severe pain, and discolored arm, and vomiting blood. And he naturally Gee. he refused medical attention, even though everyone in the crowd was urging him to seek treatment. Hensley attributed his suffering to the congregation's lack of faith, and his wife believed it to be an act of God. Naturally, yeah. So I think he would do then. Yeah, that's <clears throat> what he thought. He thought he was going to be cured, and he wasn't cured because he died the next day. Gee, last his day, huh? Yeah, a powerful bite, man. Some of those, I think it was a viper that did it. Gee. But this is 1955. I don't know what that kind of anti-venom they have anyway. I, yeah, I don't know. All right. So death via trying to cuddle a snake. Gee. And his legacy that he left is that he helped spread Pentecostal snake handling throughout all of Appalachia and the Southeast. <laughs> And was influential in various other churches to include the practice in their service. Wow. And currently, every state, with the exception of West Virginia, outlaws snake handling. See. And there was actually, well, he's not the only victim of this because there was a recent TV show on National Geographic Channel called Snake Salvation. I'd never seen it. Uh, which documented another man named Jamie Coots, who also died in a similar manner in 2014. Mm. Don't handle snakes. Yeah. It should be that simple, right? Yeah. Yeah, snakes and preaching don't mix. Not at all. All right, did you like that one, Dave? Yeah. Okay. I've got one more for us. Okay. And I'm going to remember the name. Excuse <coughs> me. Don't roll down the window. Don't roll down the window. Okay. That's this. I forgot. What's that? And I'm going to show Dave a picture right before I tell the story. <laughs> oh, right, boy. Tell, tell him what you see. Okay. So it's a picture of, what is that, a Subaru? It's not a big car. <laughs> it's just a car and a couple of lions. One of them's looking through the window. You know, right. he's just, there yeah, he's crouched up looking through almost he's like, hey. Well, that's the sheet. You guys that's got any money? I got to have some cash. <laughs> hey, my car broke down. I got to get some gas. That is what it looks like. All right, so we're going to get into it. We're going to pause it there. Hopping back in the time machine. We're going, like, going back a few years from now. We're going to 2015 to Johannesburg, South Africa. Okay. Here we meet a New York native named Catherine Chapel. Ah, gonna, city slicker, right? Yeah, we're gonna call her. her we're gonna call her Katie, as her friends did. She was a VFX <laughs> editor. What is that? Do you visual know? effects. Visual effects. She was a visual effects editor uh, for <coughs> for a show for Game of Thrones. Wow. Godzilla, the Insurgent series, and Captain America: Winter Soldier. Jeez. She was on the team for all of those, and she was. Very good, I imagine. Yeah, this lady's got a dream job. Yeah, she moved to Vancouver to pursue a film career, which she did, and she was doing pretty well. Yeah, that's great. And in 2015, she was 29 years old. That's that's how old I am. I do Whoa. not have that good of a job right now. 
Anyway, she went to South Africa to help with animal conservation. She even started a campaign on GoFundMe.com and raised $1,300 for a, con- for a con- conservation group. Yeah, I'm sure the lion was just asking for it. He's like, where's my money? Where's my money, man? Where's my money? <laughs> That's what it was for. <laughs> uh, so in her description for the fundraiser, she wrote, I will be assisting rangers in tracking and monitoring animals. Setting up camera trips, participating in poaching prevention techniques, providing support and assistance to veterinarians, and be involved in game capture and relocation. Doesn't sound bad, does it? That sounds pretty fun, adventurous lifestyle. That sounds pretty cool. She was also chronicling her journey on Instagram and writing uh, after arriving in Johannesburg, Me Likey Joburg. Hashtag holidays. Hashtag South Africa. (laughs) Hashtag mojitos. (laughs) Nice. I like her because I could go for a mojito right now. That sounds true. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get into the sad territory again here, Dave. So okay. on the on the day of her death, Katie, she was a passenger in a vehicle. So you can see, well, this is in South Africa, so it's like switched around. Driver's on the right side. Oh, passenger okay. on the left side. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah, she was in the vehicle. She's a passenger and... She was with a tour operator at Lion Park, which is a wildlife center outside of Johannesburg. So on, uh, when I'm going to tell this, we are going to get the viewpoint of a man named Ben Govender. I did it. There's a name I can say. Nice. <laughs> who was in the car behind Katie. So Dave's mm. looking at the picture right now, and where the picture was taken is the okay. car behind her, okay? Okay. So Katie's... Did he roll his window down to take the picture? Don't roll the window down. (laughs) Katie's car stopped in front of his vehicle. So, yeah, this is coming from uh, Ben Govender, okay? Okay. Katie's car stopped in front of his where a male and female lion were by the road. Both, now this is from his, his point, so we don't know if this is exactly accurate, but both rolled their windows, presumably to get a photo. Well, it's, it's, it's obvious that she rolled her, her, her passenger window down. We don't know if um, the tour guide rolled his down. It doesn't really matter right now. The male lion didn't seem interested, and neither did the lioness. The lioness got up lazily and stretched out, and without warning, she stood up at the window of the SUV, and the lioness lunged. And they saw the... And this is coming from Ben, so... The lioness lunged, and we saw... And we saw the driver... Hold on, okay. The lioness lunged, and we saw the driver driving into the passenger seat, punching at the lioness. So so poor Katie is getting attacked through the passenger window, and uh, the tour guide is trying to help defend her. All right? And the lioness only had her head in the window for about 15 seconds. And that 15 seconds was enough time for the lioness to bite and claw her enough for her to bleed out. Oh, my goodness. Now, you might ask, why didn't the driver put the SUV in gear and try to drive away, right? Yeah. Well, turns out, the so the driver was a tour guide named Pierre, not even saying his last name, it's just Pierre. He's 66 years old, and while, while Katie was getting attacked by the lion, he had a heart attack himself. Oh, my goodness. At the goodness. exact same time. He was trying to fight off the lioness. Oh, man. So she's getting attacked by the lion. He's having a heart attack. Nobody knows what's going on. And eventually the lion does pull off and kind of 
goes she goes off on her own. And so Pierre, he does survive his heart attack, and mm. he comes out of everything with moderate wounds, okay? He also mm. attempts, he has enough in him to attempt to treat Katie's wounds after the lioness left. He tried to apply pressure as he called for help, and the, the governor guy was behind honking the horn trying to do something. But in that environment it's going to take a while for responders right yeah so it did take quite a bit for the first aid staff to get there and kate's wounds were too much and she dies on the scene oh man now the park defended itself saying visitors are instructed to keep windows closed at all times also it is not sure if pierre rolled down the window or not we don't know if he did or not it's not 100 percent certain yeah, or we don't know if uh, he told her it was okay to roll down the window. That's Nobody knows that. But the park decided not to kill the lioness that attacked her. So, I mean, Jeez. that's fine. Oh, yeah? <clears throat> and she was trying to conserve that stuff anyway. Yeah, she was trying to be conservant. She probably wouldn't have wanted it to that's die. A, that's horrible. That's a terrible thing. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's a, that's another sad story. And Jeez. You know what? Let that be a lesson about selfies, kids. Don't go crazy Don't take with selfies with animals. No, it's not. Maybe it was she was trying to take a selfie. I don't know. But Hashtag yeah, not that should, okay. That should just be the theme of this whole podcast. Don't take selfies with animals. <laughs> Especially wild, carnivorous animals. Do not take pictures with, pictures with them. And uh, so Katie's dead. She was described as a brilliant, kind, and high-spirited woman. And that was a statement from her family. And... That is the unfortunate end of poor Katie killed via lioness. Yeah, sad. Man, and to think she was creating our greatest movies. Yeah, she yeah, she was a part ah. of it. Maybe the lions didn't like him, I don't know. But yeah, that's a sad oh, story. Everything's a critic nowadays. <laughs> so, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I know. So and that's gonna we're gonna end on, on end on that note. Okay. We'll wrap it up the episode. I hope you enjoyed it, Dave. Yeah. So next week we're starting a new segment, okay? Well, we're done with famous people's killed by animals, okay? And one thing I'm not gonna talk about I didn't want to bring up on these last two episodes is Steve Irwin. We're gonna do a whole episode on him one time. Oh, so okay. Don't worry, we're gonna get to him eventually. But uh starting next week we're gonna have a new segment. That we're gonna that we're gonna work in ev- uh, before we start the show and everything. Uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, recent things, recent animal stories, recent animal attacks, anything that's happened within the week. Oh, okay. So since we haven't done that yet, there's plenty of I've I've been looking. There's plenty of good stories. So next week's episode is gonna be all about recent animal attacks, recent animal stories, things like that. So okay. Dave, keep your eye out for them, and you're gonna. You're gonna help with this too. Oh, so I'm gonna know now. You can know this for yeah, this part. Okay. So you're gonna know that. Uh, so thank you for listening. This is the Force of Nature podcast. Tell your friends. We will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>